A few years ago, we grew and sold a business that forever changed our lives. At first, we really struggled trying to figure out which tools to use to help run and organize our community. But that all changed once we discovered Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part, Kajabi doesn't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So you keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash M-U. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash M-U. Go to kajabi.com slash M-U and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. More and more entrepreneurs and investors are discovering the awesome franchise opportunities that exist across a variety of industries. Franchising can simply be the better path and interest in franchising is at an all time high. Lucky for you, John Austinson, founder of Fran Bridge Consulting and a past Millionaire University guest is here to help you explore the premier franchise opportunities today. John and his Frambridge Consulting team are part of the largest franchise brokerage in the U.S. and have vetted the market thoroughly. Frambridge is hands down the premier source for the best opportunities in the franchise world, including both active and passive opportunities. From tiny homes to youth soccer to industrial hoses to pets, senior care to mental health, and more. John has served as an Inc. 500 franchisor and is a multi-brand franchisee himself. And he does more placements than anyone else in the country. Sign up for a free consultation call with John today or get a free copy of his book, Non-Food Franchising, at FranBridgeConsulting.com. That's FranBridgeConsulting.com. Available in the U.S. and Canada. In today's lesson, you will learn how to network like a boss. What's up guys? So we just landed in the Honolulu airport. Big Island has been amazing. We're now in Honolulu and we got here and the rental car line was so long. So I told Tara, I said, hey, we've got a podcast coming out tomorrow. I've got to finish the intro and outro, do some minor edits. So if you don't mind, I'm going to go find somewhere, get that knocked out while you wait in line. So that's what's going down. So yeah, you're absolutely hearing some background noise. But hey, as business owners, content creators, we do what we got to do, right? And remember, just like we talked about in the last episode, it's your game to play. You make the rules, so play it the way you want. So you may have heard the common sayings, your network is your net worth. Or it's not what you know, but who you know. Well, recently I was talking to Brian Guerin, and he was telling me about this guy that is a networking madman, a networking phenom. He was telling me how he's never met a guy who networks quite like this guy. And as he was telling me these things, I was like, dude, you got to interview him. You got to talk to him. We got to have him on the podcast. So that's what we have for you today. 
Sean O'Shaughnessy is a fractional VP of sales who has grown his entire business based off of networking. I mean, this guy keeps score when it comes to networking. He makes it a game. And his goal is to beat you at this game. I've never heard anything like it. I got a ton of value from this episode, and I know you will too. So sit back, relax, or crank up that treadmill and listen in because you are in for a treat. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, I give you Sean O'Shaughnessy. Take it away. I started my company, New Sales Expert. I've been in sales for 35 years. 10 years ago, my oldest son was leaving college and starting his career. And I challenged him to pay attention to what he wanted to be when he grew up. And I kind of said that just because you took this job out of college doesn't mean that has to be the job that you do in the future. You can evolve your career. It can go in different ways. And he looked at me and he goes, but dad, you've been doing the same thing since the day you graduated. So when are you going to evolve to the next level of your skills? Which was a really tough question for a young man to ask his dad. And I appreciated that. So I did make the decision at that time after some self-reflection that it was time for me to focus on the things that I really enjoyed and not just kind of keeping the bills paid. And so I focused my career on companies that were bringing new products out to market because I really enjoyed selling things that were hard to sell, selling things that had never been sold before. So after 10 years or so, though, I was the chief revenue officer for a startup company based in California. We were doing fairly well, but COVID did a number on us. We had a very long sales cycle and a very complicated product. We just ran out of money and the investors didn't want to put more money in. So I was trying to figure out what I was going to do as I was leaving the company. And I was talking to the chairman of the board who brought me in. And he challenged me to be a fractional VP of sales. My first response to him after he said that was, what is that? Because I didn't know. I had never heard of that thing before. And he said, look, Sean, you're really smart. Go figure it out. So typical chair on the board, you're not going to tell you what to do. They're just going to tell you to do better. So he did challenge me after about a month. I decided this was going to do. I aligned myself with Sales Acceleration, which is a group of fractional VPs of sales. So now I have 170 friends that I can go to with questions. And they help me get my legs under me, get started, help me work hard, help me focus my company on the right things. And so I've been doing that for the last three years. So that's kind of my journey to today. And my clients have been everywhere from all over the U.S., Turkey. I've had a customer based in Italy. I've had a customer based in Poland. So I can do my job just about anywhere in the world and help people throughout the world grow their sales and grow their revenue, increase profitability. I'd love to have you on at some point to talk more about sales. But today, we really want to hone in on networking because networking is such a huge part of starting and growing your business. And... I want to know, how did networking affect you in terms of getting your new sales expert business off the ground? And then I really want to dig into how we go about networking the right way. Every one of my clients that I've had in the last three years, and I started my company just a little over three years ago, so three years and about a month, every single one of my clients has been introduced to me from somebody else. With the exception of that very first client who I knew, I knew that chairman of the board, I knew that person, he knew me. And so we'd worked together before in the past. But every other one of them was introduced to me because of networking, because somebody said, Sean, you should help Joe, Steve, Harry, Larry, Sally, because they need help. Then they make that introduction to me. So networking and sales actually are one and the same because it's all about networking. It is all about getting to know people and be introduced to the right people. And the best customers are always the second person that you met. 
So you need to always be thinking about networking and sales, but networking is incredibly important. It is the number one thing. And you know what? The reality is networking is how I met Brian. So I wouldn't be sitting here right now talking to you if I hadn't been doing networking and you hadn't accepted my invitation. Absolutely. And just to give you listeners a little bit of context. So I met Sean about three and a half years ago. And this was when I was about two and a half years into my agency business. And so I was still very young, very new, had only a small handful of clients at the time. And Sean reached out to me with a LinkedIn message. And he had a great introduction and said, hey, you look like someone I'd like to know. Can I buy you coffee? And I was like, absolutely. And at that point, I had been in the Chamber of Commerce and I was networking, if you could see me, I'm throwing up air quotes, because I was meeting people in the chamber, and I got a few clients from there, and that was fantastic, but I really didn't understand networking, really networking, putting yourself out there, meeting new people, trying and going to different groups, and actually staying in contact with the people that you meet until I met Sean. So you definitely taught me all about that. I'm forever grateful, because that's when I really started turning up my business, when I started meeting more people and growing this network, because it kind of goes back to the compound effect, wouldn't you say, where you meet one person, now you're connected to their network. Let's say they know 20 people, and two of them are someone you should really know. Now you're connected to two more people and the 20 more people that those two people know. And over time, like now here in Cincinnati, I think just about everybody knows Sean O'Shaughnessy. That's what you've created here. So I want to hear from you. What are some golden nuggets that you can share with us about how to get out there and network? Because I remember four years ago before I really started networking, I was like, how do I network though? Do I just go to a chamber meeting? What do I do? If someone's sitting here today saying, what do I do? How do I go network? What would you say, Sean? So the number one thing I'd say is you have to have a goal and you have to put a rule on yourself. You have to put a quota on yourself. And I'm in sales, so I I believe in quotas, right? So my quota for network introductions, and that is people that I introduce to somebody else, is 10 per week. So quite literally, I introduce every week without fail, and many times many more than 10, I introduce 10 people together. That's me introducing Brian to Sarah, because I think Brian can help Sarah's business. I think Sarah might be able to help Brian's business. I introduce the two of them. And I have to do that 10 times every single week. Now, I have some processes that usually work pretty well to make that easier for me to pull all that work off. But that's my number one thing is to have a goal and then increase that goal all the time. So I didn't start out with 10. I started out with five. And then I made it six. 10 feels really good. I work really hard to do 10 and 10 a lot. So I don't know that I'll ever make it 12 or 15 or anything higher than that. But 10 a lot. So that's the first thing I tell you is have a goal. Give yourself a quota and give yourself a grade. Did you get your 10? Did you get your five? Did you get your three every single week? Because you have to be diligent and constant at doing this. The other thing to do is to understand that networking is about who can I introduce you to. It's not about who can you introduce me to. I want to talk to the CEO of a company. Well, the first time that I meet somebody, they're probably not going to do that. They're probably not going to introduce the CEO of their best customer to me. Because in sales, as in networking, it's all about transferring of trust. So if it's the first time I've met you, you may not trust me enough to introduce me to your best customer. And that's perfectly fine. You need to accept that as a networker, that the first time you meet somebody, you're not going to get introduced to their best customer. But you might be able to get introduced to one of their favorite network partners. So 
You need to also have that in your list of people that you can do. Everybody you meet, you want to introduce to somebody else. You want to be the first one doing that introductions. Eventually, that person will introduce you to somebody else. But you need to actually keep score. And I do keep score. Wouldn't surprise you at all, Brian, to know that I keep score. (laughs) In my CRM, I have literally listed every single person that I've networked anybody to. And I can tell how many people they've networked me to. I mean, the people I've been introduced to. So constantly, I have to be number one. I have to be higher than the other person. There was a person a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was six weeks ago now. He introduced me to 14 people after the first meeting we had. You know how hard that was? Because I have to do 15 like really, really fast. And so I was struggling to do it. I still haven't caught it because he's done more people since then. So I still have not caught up. And that's just not good for me from a philosophical standpoint. Part of my brand is I'm going to introduce you to more people than you're going to ever introduce me to. So that's the second thing. Always remember to give more than you get. Now, I happen to be a Christian. There's a lot of good Christian things about saying that, but you don't have to be a Christian to have that philosophy. You just have to be a good person. And that is give more than you get. So that's the second thing. Put a quote on yourself and then give more than you get. So if you get a lot, then you have to give a lot. The third thing I tell everybody to do for networking is Everybody is a good person for you to know. I met a person locally here in Cincinnati. That person introduced me to another person who introduced me to a networking group. I joined that group. In that group, I met two more people. And one of them introduced me to a third person who happened to be in Columbus. That person in Columbus, after a while, we bonded a little bit after getting to know each other. She was going to be the host of a in-person event. She was going to be a panel host. He goes, Sean, I'd love to have you on my panel. So I'm sitting on the panel answering questions from the group, from the people that were gathered there. And this was right after COVID. So everybody was all excited that we actually could see each other face-to-face and shake hands. And somebody asked a question and I answered the question. He came up to me afterwards. We hit off another conversation and he actually hired me to do a little study for him. So that was a customer that I received up in Columbus But it took me six people in that chain. I described that chain briefly here. Six people in that chain in order for me to meet that customer. It wasn't the first one that gave me the customer. It wasn't the second or the third or the fourth. It was the sixth person that I got introduced to in that chain. And remember, I keep track of all this. I can map it all out, my CRM system, because it's important to me. But I can tell you that the reason I got introduced was because that very first introduction where we had coffee at the Starbucks down the street. They didn't introduce me to that client. Somebody else did. But it was because of them that I actually got that client. So that's the other thing to remember to everybody is everybody you meet is important. Everybody, just like you said earlier, it compounds, it becomes more and more people. So that first person made that introduction. I probably know 30 or 40 people because of that very first person. Now, that first person never found a customer for me. But I think if I probably did the math and did the analysis, He probably helped me with two or three other customers as well, just because somewhere in that network that he started, I actually got more than one customer. But I definitely know I got one because I did the analysis before. That's fantastic. So one thing that I pull from networking is you just never know who you're going to meet. Now, I've been to tons of different networking meetings. I've been a part of a few groups. I've been to yours, Beers and Biz. Best damn networking event in the land. It is. So let's spend a minute and explain what Beers and Biz is and the idea behind it. What got you started in creating your own network? Let me tell you what it is, what its format is now, and then we'll talk about a little bit about the evolution. So 
the format today is we start off at 3.30 in the afternoon. We meet for about an hour to hour, 10 minutes in small groups. So the bad thing about a big networking group is you get overwhelmed with the number of people. So we wanted to have a small group focus to it. So we actually break it up into three small groups on a variety of subjects. And we have a featured speaker that leads a conversation on each one of those. And the goal of those is A, to learn a little, but B, to also get to know the person sitting right beside you, interact with that person a little bit. It kind of breaks the ice and makes it easier if you've never been to a networking group. So that works really well. And then from about 4.45 to 5 o'clock, we have a charity speak, a nonprofit speak. And I actually got this idea, to be perfectly honest, Brian, from a networking group that you drug me to, the Little Miami Chamber of Commerce. They had a charity speak at the one that you and I went to together. Yeah. And I thought it was a great idea. And I stole that idea and I suck it in beers and biz. <laughs> Perfect. So you are responsible for part of the growth of beers and biz. So Excellent. Give me a brick on the sidewalk there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But our philosophy is that if you go to a networking group, you're probably above average in income in the world. You might even be above average in income in the United States. It's time for you to think about giving back. It's time for you to think about helping your fellow man. And then after that, from five until we kick everybody out at about seven o'clock, it's just general networking. We have a cash bar and it's called Beers and Biz for a reason. There's a cash bar, plenty of beer and and variety of other alcohols there as well, as well as non-alcohol things if you don't want to partake. And we kind of get together, we just talk and we kind of mix groups up and we have people talk and occasionally in those groups as well. But that's been a great, great environment for us. So it started though, three years ago, when I actually met Steve King actually started Beers and Biz. And he had a small group and it was about a dozen people that would sit around a table and just talk and get to know each other. And then it got a little bigger and we said, let's do some small breakout groups and just talk amongst on a certain subject and then come back together. So I went to Steve and I said, Steve, you know, COVID is over. I am tired of talking to people on the computer, tired of talking to people remotely. I really wanted to have a networking event where I shake hands with people. And he agreed. And so I said, Steve, I'd like to make it bigger. And he's like, let's make this thing big. And so that 20 to 30 people that he was bringing in, we're on our third location because we keep out growing spaces. But we regularly hit 100 people that come to our event. I'm thinking that by the end of the winter, because winter is usually better for us than the summer, we'll probably be in the 120 average range at a networking event. So because I decided let's get it bigger, Brian, you probably get an email probably two or three times a month reminding you to come to the best damn networking group in the land. So I stole the trademark slogan from Ohio State University Band. They're the best damn band in the land or something like that. Yeah, so we are the best damn networking event in the land or at least Southwest Ohio. Want to know a secret? There's more to becoming a millionaire than making money. We talk a lot about building businesses and taking the road less traveled to achieve your goals. But the most successful entrepreneurs we know will tell you investing and growing your money is an essential component to creating wealth, which is why we're really excited about today's sponsor for this episode, Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just your spare change. Acorns recommends an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. It's never too late to start growing, and it's never too early either. You've heard us say about a million times on this podcast that it takes small, consistent steps to build big results. And we love Acorns and how accessible it is to people at all levels of investment knowledge. So head to acorns.com forward slash MU or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. 
Paid non-client endorsement may not be representative of all clients. Tier 1 compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash MU. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC. Acorns is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities LLC. Member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash MU, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash MU to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash MU. Perfect. Well, thank you for explaining that because that leads directly into my next questions. If I am a brand new business owner, or maybe I've been in business a year, maybe two years, but I'm at a certain point, but I want to expand or I just want to get off the ground, but I'm scared to go to a networking group. I live this. I went about eight months when I first started my business trying to grow it online through LinkedIn and through reaching out to people. And after getting bupkis, I was just like, I have to get out there. I'm an extroverted introvert where once I force myself, I take myself by the collar and I make myself go to something or talk to someone or do something. Then I have a great time and I can chat all night or all day. Everybody on this podcast knows I'm a chatty Cathy. But it took that out of me to just say, all right, if you're going to do this for real, you have to go and meet people. What's your advice on someone who's a little timid on getting out there and just meeting people? Thank you for that question because it's really important to think about that. That's part of the reason why we do the small group thing up front because most people are okay meeting in a group of 10 to 15 people especially if it's classroom format, which is kind of what our breakout sessions are, where we're actually going to explain a subject, talk about something. Now, we want to be interactive, just like any good teacher who wants to be interactive. So all of our business leaders that lead those sessions try to make the sessions interactive. But we don't force anybody to talk. But it allows everybody to kind of get comfortable with a couple people. So if you're brand new, you want to think of a group where there's going to be a presenter, and you can meet the person sitting beside you. So that's my first recommendation is don't go to just a wide open, have to walk up to anybody like a cocktail party and introduce yourself. That's tough to do. And there's a lot of people, even if they're extroverted, they're not that extroverted. So go to a place where there's going to be some type of education, there's going to be some kind of presenter, and that will help you break that mold and help you get through that. Hopefully you'll meet somebody that's friendly and you can say, gee, can you and I go to the other event, the more of the cocktail reception kind of event? Can we go to that together? Can I meet you there? I hear this is going to be really good. Are you going? Because it'll help to go with a friend. There's just no question about it. It helps to go with friends. Now, eventually you have friends. So that's an important thing as well. I wanted to touch on etiquette when you are going into a networking event you've never been. For me, my personal story is I went to my first chamber event. It was like a morning mixer type of thing where there's 80 people standing in a circle. You say what you do and then you mingle. I went right up 
to one of the ladies who said she was a real estate agent. And at the time, I was trying to specialize in Facebook ads for real estate agents. And I immediately went up to her and I started selling myself. And it was the worst thing I could have possibly done because as I grew and I learned about networking, I was like, that's the worst thing anyone can come do to me is immediately just walk up to me, not care about anything but themselves and try to sell. I don't want to steal your thunder there, but that was my story of learning the hard way that don't just go in there trying to sell. I tell people, because I actually did a class on networking at Beards and Biz about how to do a good job of doing it. And one of the things I said is, it's a contest between you and the other person to not talk about yourself the longest. And you got to win the contest. You got to make it a contest, right? You got to force the other person to lose by talking about themselves first. So at first you can talk about the speaker that was earlier in the, in the session or whatever, but eventually you just need to say, well, tell me what you do or tell me what XYZ company does because maybe you have a name badge. That always helps. Or I'm not familiar with them or I think I know somebody that does this. Can you tell me more about it? Whatever your opening line is, but you really got to force the other person to talk first. And that is good networking etiquette. So just remember, the first person to talk about themselves loses on that contest. So if you lose... You got to break off that conversation as quickly as possible and go to see somebody else. You have to win that one because you can win multiple times in a night. Sometimes you screw up and you talk first, but don't talk first. Make the other person talk first. And that doesn't mean don't talk. Don't talk about yourself. Talk about them. Ask a question about them. It's always good when you go to a networking event if they have the name of the company because you just say, tell me what XYZ company does. I'm just not familiar with them. It's an opening. It's easy because now they're not talking about themselves. They're talking about their company. A lot easier to do for just about everybody else. So yeah, you got to make it a contest. You just have to. That's what I do. How long is it going to be before I tell you anything about myself? So tell us about how if you're scared to just go to a networking event, be your very first time, how do you convince yourself to get off the couch and go do that? You have to get off the couch and go do it. I mean, there's just <laughs> no other way to do it. Networking is so powerful that it's got to be important for anybody that is starting a business or has a young business or a small business. You just have to network. You cannot make enough phone calls. You can't do enough Facebook ads. Sorry, I know that's your business brain. <laughs> you can't do enough of anything else to grow your business as well as getting introduced to somebody else that will buy your product. It's just the fastest way to do it. And you and I have talked about even Facebook ads. They're great. They're efficient. They're a great way to get revenue. However, if you can get revenue other ways that are faster and cheaper, then you should do that as well. So one of the easiest ways to sell is to be introduced to somebody. Not that the person that you met is going to be your customer, but remember that person is going to introduce you to your customer. You need to gain their trust, gain their respect before they're going to introduce you to that customer. So the best way to, to do it is just do it. You cannot allow yourself to be such a wallflower that you cannot do it. And at Beers and Biz, I catch those people all the time. I can tell who they are. They'll be standing off to the side. They won't be interacting. They'll be watching the crowd, trying to find a way to break into a conversation. If I see you at Beers and Biz and that's the way you're acting, if you're all by yourself, you're not looking at your email, because everybody's going to check their email during the day or whatever. But if I think that you're being a wallflower, I will break you of that habit really fast. I'm going to walk up to you, introduce myself, and then drag you into another group and introduce you. And you will be my pet project for the entire evening because I will <laughs> introduce you as many people as I possibly can, as fast as I possibly can, so that everybody in that organization knows that they need to meet you. So hopefully, 
for anybody listening, they meet somebody like me that just says, I am going to break you of this habit. You are going to meet people. You are going to grow your business. So hopefully that happens. I think that's such a cool trait for you to emblazon upon people because you can't just go to the, it's one step like success letter A is getting there. You got to the event, brand new, just started your business. You're super nervous. Okay. Step B, go talk to people. And it's very easy when you see groups of people and humans are clicky, right? There's going to be two or four people talking in little groups here and there, here and there. My big thing was if I didn't have someone like Sean to come grab me by the ear and introduce me to a million people, you have to be able to just go find the other person who's along the periphery and go talk to them. Because you know what you have in common? You're both probably introverted and you're both probably a little bit nervous to be there and not talking to anyone at the moment. So anytime I found myself at a networking event, of any kind, if I end up being the one along the periphery, which these days is not very common, but if it is, just go find the other guy or the other gal who's not talking to anyone and go talk to them. I agree. At the crux of starting your business, you just got to do it. It's about making yourself uncomfortable or making being uncomfortable become comfortable because there's going to be no growth until you press through your uncomfortableness. Right. The other thing is to try to watch the flow of the room. How do people move throughout the room? and then position yourself to be right in the middle of that flow. So that way you don't have to walk up to introduce yourself to somebody else, but instead, everybody's going to bump into you on the way to the restroom, on the way to the bar. Just be where people are going to walk by you, and you'll meet people that way as well. Now, a little hint for people that are good at networking, because there's going to be some of those listening to your podcast that are good at networking, never be in an even number group. And if you are leave an opening in the group. And it's going to be hard for me to do this on audio instead of as a visual. But if you are talking one-on-one to a person, don't be face-to-face with them. Don't be nose-to-nose with them. Instead, turn your shoulder, turn your body so that you are actually at a 45 degree to them. Now, what that does is it leaves an opening for somebody else to walk up. So it makes your group of two more open for a group of three. Once you're at three, you also have to do the same thing. Make sure you want to actually form it into a U shape or a horseshoe shape. You want to leave an opening and you as the most gregarious person in that group, that small group talking, it's up to you to do that. You open yourself up so that somebody else can walk up. Then the rule of thumb is if there's a group of more than five, don't try to get in because they are having a conversation that's very unique to that group of five. Maybe they're former coworkers old friends, whatever. Don't try to butt your way into a group of five. It's just not going to work. Find that group of two that has opened their group up to, to leave a spot, that group of three. Don't go to the group of four unless there's a really big opening. One of them's left a big opening for somebody else to walk up. Because once you get to five, it becomes very, very unstable. It's hard to break in. The other thing is, if you're sitting there and you see somebody that's just outside your group, they look like they want to join your group, but you're busy in a conversation. It's your job as it's just a good human being, to say, can you join us? Because I'd really like to have your opinion on this, or I'd really like to meet you as well. So invite those people in if you are in a group already, but you see somebody standing on the side, just call them out. Just say, hey, come over here, Brian. Come on in. would love to meet you. I'd love to introduce you to Sally. It's just the right thing to do. Understanding that other people need help is just important. I know one of the big things that when I first started networking, and it still comes into play today when I network, is... I call it the linger because there might be somebody there who I really want to talk to, or maybe I know, I've known them or I've met them a while back and I want to talk to them again. There might be some sort of opportunity for us or they introduce themselves at the beginning. I'm like, that's the type of person I want to talk to. 
what's the best etiquette for, and usually these people are probably being talked to by a lot of people. How's the best way to linger? Because I've had it where people that want to come talk to me, they're kind of like, Right on my shoulder, I'm in a one-on-one where we're still kind of open, but we're having a closer dialogue and I'm not done talking to this person yet. What's the best way to be the lingerer? Good question. Well, obviously you can't linger. There's nothing wrong with that. It is a sign that, hey, I want to talk to one of you that are in this group. You may not know which one, but it's not a terrible thing to linger. I mean, if you have that capability, that confidence to linger, then go ahead and linger. That's perfectly fine. However, another way to do it is to linger farther back. So don't just hover right off their shoulder as you kind of just described there, Brian, but instead hover 10 feet back and wait for that natural conversation to break and for the person to turn and whatever and go talk to them then. Especially, and this is part of the reason why we have a bar at Beers and Biz, you can walk up to somebody and just butt in line and you're not butting in line because you're not going to cut or anything like that, but walking up to somebody while they're in line waiting at the bar is a great way to introduce themselves to you or for you to introduce themselves to that person. The other thing to do is typically there is a host to most events. There's somebody that's in charge. There's somebody that did the announcements at the beginning. And that, a lot of times that beers and business me. So go find me and I will do it for you. So you don't have to break in. I'll break in for you. Just say, you know, Sean, I'd really like to meet that guy. The guy in red, I don't know his name. I heard him speak, and I will make sure that you meet that guy in red. I do it all the time, every single time. In fact, it's one of the most common things I say say to somebody that's new to the group. And I go, what titles, what occupations do you want to meet? They'll name off a couple, and I'll try real hard to figure out who do I know in this group today, because it's always different, different people. Who's there that I can make this happen for them? You know, I had somebody the other day, last beers in biz, I said, I want to meet an architect. And I go, I know I saw a name badge. Somebody said architect. I didn't know the guy, but I know I saw it. And I go, did you talk to somebody that had an architect on their name badge? And they go, no. And I go, we're going to find this guy. And we literally walked around the whole room trying to find this guy. Nice. Was it Art Vandalay for all you Seinfeld fans out there? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, that's another way to get past the lingering is literally just find somebody to help you break in. I want to start to land the plane here and make sure we're respectful of your time. What is the best way to go about following up with people that you've met? How do you continue networking? Because it's one thing where I think it's most common where you'll meet somebody and you'll either follow up with them or they'll follow up with you or both of you won't. And maybe there's really nothing you guys can do, but what's your method of follow up with everybody? How do you do it? And what's the best way to go about it? So I try to do it with everybody. So I have a virtual admin that does work for me and you have to be able to see this because this is audio, but I get business cards from people there's ways to capture their email address. Maybe you have it on, on your phone, whatever. So I send thank you notes to almost everybody. And I put them in my CRM. My CRM system, and it's my personal CRM. I'm CEO of the company, so I can have my CRM do anything I wanted to do. There are people that are networking partners that I've met, and they're in my CRM. Everybody's in my CRM. If they're not there, then they don't exist. My standard note to them is, it was great to meet you blah, blah, at so and such, such and such event. It was good to talk about whatever. And after that, it's all canned because I have to make it fast and efficient. And I think that everybody has a small business probably needs fast and efficient. So I have a standard paragraph that I send to everybody. And that is, would love to meet with you more. Let's do a one-on-one together. Here is my scheduling link that allows you to schedule time on my calendar. And there's a lot of different options on that scheduling link. And I do that for a very strong reason. I don't make appointments at the networking event. 
because I don't know for sure that just because you were very polite to me and you talked to me, that you actually want to actually ever meet me again. You just don't like people with gray hair. I don't know, right? <laughs> so I give that to you as your call. I reach out. I say, thank you. Here's my scheduling link. Would love to see you again. Would love to learn more about your business. But then it's up to you. And if you don't want to respond, then don't respond. And that's perfectly fine. I may put you on my newsletter list or whatever. But I think it's important that we allow the other person to acknowledge without the threat, without the pressure of being face-to-face, like, yes, let's put it on the calendars right now. Now, if the other person reaches out to me and we're in a meeting, we're having a great conversation, they go, you know what, we should get coffee sometime. And he pulls out his phone and says, I'm open next Thursday, then I'm going to pull out my phone and I'm going to do the same thing. So that's fine. I have no problem with somebody else doing it. I just give people the out of, you may not want to have that commitment. And it's not necessarily that you have to have a follow-up meeting with the person. It could very well be, it was great to meet you, would love to stay in contact or hope to see you down the road at the next Beers and Biz or other networking event, right? Because there may be people that are more, if you see them as a possible client, probably someone you want to go connect with. Or if you see them as, maybe they're highly connected. I definitely want to go meet with you one-on-one because I want to be your friend. I want to help you. And then I know that you have a network that could possibly help me. So let's start talking about trading our networks. Exactly right. And that's really important. So you don't have to be forward. You don't have to be pushy. But there's nothing wrong with a thank you note. I have a good friend, and Brian, I think you know him as well. He does handwritten thank you notes, and he has the best handwriting in the world. And every time I get a handwritten note from him, I'm like, how in the world did a man that's 58 years old have such good (laughs) handwriting? All of my notes, just so you know, are going to be typed. Yeah, that's fair. My mother instilled into me early the big proponent of thank you notes and handwritten notes. Unfortunately, I have terrible chicken scratch, so I still do them. But recently, I was referred to a company called Handwrite.io that does automated pen written notes on behalf of business owners or people who need to write massive or even smaller amounts of personal notes. So a little tidbit there. There are several of those. Some of them will take your handwriting, turn it into a font. And yeah. you can do it yourself or they'll save your font. So you can do that, have that robot writing. Great use of this artificial intelligence technology. So you can say you're really up on it. Yep. And it does it quicker. It's still personal. But if you have to do a lot of them, if you become a master networker or even in your business, you know, I've sent thank you notes to my clients at least three times a year. I don't have a massive client base, so I can still manage to do those on my own. I'm able to do that. But say you have 100 clients and you want to send two or three thank you notes a year, Great opportunity uses the new AI to help you write your notes. There you go. Awesome. Well, Sean, thank you so much. At the beginning, I was looking for golden nuggets, and I think we got a ton of those today, all based around networking and getting yourself out there, growing your personal network, and seeing how you can help others and possibly they can give in return. Thanks again for coming, Sean. Really appreciate it. Brian, this has been fantastic. I need to have you on my podcast, Two Tall Guys Talking Sales, so I'll return the favor. But mine's only 15 minutes, so we have to be very efficient about it. (laughs) Uh Oh, I might be too long-winded for that. (laughs) I'd love to be on. I appreciate the invite. Thanks again, Sean. Thank you very much. Let's give it up for Sean O'Shaughnessy of New Sales Expert. Listening to this lesson got me thinking about the early days and when I first started networking and going to networking meetings and showing up and not knowing anyone and it being really awkward. But then over time, just kept going and then started to get to know some people and got to know more people. And then eventually was speaking at meetings and then speaking at events and on podcasts and having my own podcast and then thinking about where we are today. And it's all because of people. 
And it got me thinking how nothing in your business or life, nothing good is going to happen without other people. And I got thinking about all the people in my life that are directly responsible for where I am today. So many people just ran through my mind and thinking about how I met them and how it was all from another person and from essentially networking. And then I got thinking about what does your network need to look like to make a million dollars and then 10 million. And then our goal, which is to grow a billion dollar business, like what is our network at now and what is it going to need to be to get to where we want to go? You know, Tara and I were talking as we landed and got off the plane just now and reflecting on it was 17 and a half years ago when Brogan was six months old. And that was the first time that we had ever been to Hawaii and we came to Oahu for Tara's brother Tyson's wedding. And we just both got kind of emotional thinking about where we were back then. I remember telling Tara, like, we can't stay in a hotel. We need to find a place to camp. Like, we can't afford to go to Hawaii. Like, we weren't even going to go. We were stressed out about it. But some people pitched in and helped us out and, you know, allowed us to come. And now looking back as we're on this nine-month trip and Brogan's almost 18, we've got Britlin and Kaysen and just looking at our overall situation and thinking of the hard times, you know, but the, the amazing but hard times and reflecting over the past 17 and a half years as we've just kind of stuck at it and had a dream, had goals, had a vision and stuck with it. I'm actually back in the car with Tara and she was reminding me of when we wanted to go to the Polynesian Cultural Center, but it was $75 per person. And what were you saying? We were like... We were just like shocked. Like, there's no way we would ever pay anything like that ever in our whole lives. And are we going this time, baby? You know it. You know it, guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> spoiled, kids. I'm just kidding. Hey, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> hey, you spoiled us. <laughs> you don't have to go there. Yeah, yeah. That's right. They, they have to pay for their own activities. But anyway, it's just wild being here and just reflecting on that. And it comes down to a lot of things. But one of the big things we talked about today is your network, creating your network, other people. So once again, I want to thank Sean. I want to thank Brian for interviewing Sean. I want to thank Sean for coming on. If you want to learn more about Sean and reach out to Sean, you can reach out to him at newsales.expert. Or you can find him on LinkedIn. He's on LinkedIn all the time. But I'm looking forward to getting to know him better and adding him to my network and having him introduce me to a bunch of people. I mean, me introduce him to a bunch of people. My goal is to beat him. I love that. I haven't talked to Sean personally, but I could tell he's an amazing guy. Just a very giving human being and doing things for all the right reasons. And I love that about him. And that's the kind of people, that's the kind of network we're trying to surround ourselves with here at Millionaire University. So anyway, we're on our way. We're heading to North Shore. We'll be there for five days and then we'll go back to Waikiki area and be there for like five days and we're looking forward to our time here before we head to bali but yeah just keep taking action where do you want to go start doing it do you need to build your network build your network what's the next step you need to take in your business and take that step one day at a time just keep marching forward tara do you have any parting words of advice i know you're trying to figure out where to go i'm driving through honolulu traffic so <laughs> i'm good I'm trying to find walmart she was filming the inspiration when we got out of the plane but now she's focused on us not dying she spent two hours in the <laughs> in the car rental line <laughs> which was awesome right why was it awesome because i listened to an awesome book while i stood in line oh so it's it great. really was awesome it really was great 
That's quite peaceful, actually. And it was your reality, right? So it is what it is. Peace was my reality. Peace was her reality. Oh, okay. She was there all by herself without anyone else. And I was making this podcast. So we took time and made it and put it to good use. So, all right, guys, make things happen. Can't wait to see what you do with your business. Be sure to follow us. Be sure to share this episode with a friend. Share the podcast with a friend. Leave us a rating and review. All the good things. We really appreciate it. Go to millionaireuniversity.com slash training to get your free video course if you have yet to do so. And we will talk to you next time on the Millionaire University Podcast. Class is missed. <laughs>Hey, Eric Fisher here, and if you love the conversations and lessons happening on this show, and you've heard my voice before, you'll love my show, Beyond the To-Do List. It's a podcast about productivity and getting things done in all the areas where we wear multiple hats and roles, but also about the true meaning of productivity, living a more meaningful life. Look, you've got a never-ending to-do list, but add this podcast to your to-do list and it will help you tackle the rest. Go right now, wherever you're listening to this, and search Beyond the To-Do List and hit follow or subscribe. Start listening and get that boost for your productivity that you've been needing. Again, that's beyond the to-do list. Search in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.